your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast. Part of the Locked On Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Thomas Welch. I'm Josh Hyman. And uh, today we're going to be recapping the Blues' electric 4-3 victory over the Arizona Coyotes. And Josh, I thought all things considered within this game, got off to a little bit of a shaky start. I think the first half of the first period was a little bit rocky, but uh, coming around the way that they did with the electric energy that we've come to expect from this Blues team over the last four games or so, we're streaking now, so hopefully they don't stop that anytime soon and come home with a series win in the reverse retros. Uh, come Thursday night. What do you think? What are your first takeaways? Well, my first takeaways are, thank God we finally get to see those reverse retros. Um, no, but for real, Blues moved to 7-2-1, and one, which is a very, very good record. I mean, it's one of those, you know, one of those where they finally kind of have, have made some space uh, between them and 500 Hockey, where they're they're really looking like they're on a good, a good track for the rest of this season. I think this, once again, was one of the best games they've played all season. They continue to they continue to play good hockey. They continue to add more and more every single game to their to their repertoire of of skill players and 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 lines that are rolling tonight. We saw it even more. Mike Hoffman finally got himself a, a nice goal and made a lot of plays happen. Uh, Jordan Bennington looked great. It, I don't think Hill looked great. Besides, like that one goal they gave up after being out there in a five on three for like two full minutes. So. I'm really excited with the direction this team is headed. Yeah, Jordan Bennington looked fantastic. A couple of key saves. A couple of ones where I was like, how did he save that? Um, but I talked about on the last podcast, it's it's all about, I feel like these last handful of podcasts or so, we've been talking about players getting the monkey off their back and finally uh, starting to get situated within this team and within this season, really, and start get the ball rolling. Sammy Blade just scored last game, comes out, has two assists tonight. So I think he's kind of finally finding his role on this team. Uh, probably wasn't very happy that he was sitting out opening night, but still found his way into the lineup like we talked about all the way back then. Um, he's still a valid contributor to this team offensively and physically. Vince Dunn, how about a retribution game from the kid? I thought he was fantastic all night long. Pots a goal and goes home with an assist and the first star of the game. Yeah, two two shots on goal, one hit to go along with it, 16 minutes of ice time, power play quarterback for a good portion of it. Vince Dunn was great tonight. Um, I think he kind of he kind of shined on every aspect that we were talking about when he was scratched and when we were kind of saying, "Hey, let's take a step back before we think about moving on from this guy because he's got some really really good potential and he's and he showed that in these last two or so games since he's been back." Um, and I think tonight was the epitome of everything that Vince Dunn can do well: moving the puck well, making plays on defense. Walking in on offense, stepping into the slot and firing a nice goal, making passes. You know, he was a plus three on the night, right place, right time throughout the entire game. Um, it, just another reason why this team has the potential to be so good this year is, is like, like I've said throughout the season, you know, they're going to be, you're not going to get every single player on your team, you know, on at the same time. That would be amazing. And, and they'd probably, they'd probably win out the rest of the season if they got that. But, the fact of the matter is the Blues don't need to rely on their superstars. Instead, they have a bunch of guys that can, when they get hot, they can be game breakers. But, you know, maybe when they cool off, there's other guys that can step in. And 
Vince Dunn has really stepped into that role on defense. Tory Krug has yet to really find his footing as the offensive defenseman of the team, and the Blues have always relied heavily on scoring from their defensemen. And Vince Dunn has stepped into that role at least the past game or so and been the best offensive defenseman on the team. I mean, uh, maybe other than Justin Falk, but that's not even fair. Justin Falk might be the best player on the team. Yeah, and speaking of Justin Falk, holy cannoli, how about a goal for the century in last night's game? I mean, just skates in, dangles around one defenseman, uh, looks like he's going to rip it top cheddar on Darcy Kemper and instead puts a little flutter, goes five hole and says, see you later. I mean, that was just absolutely disgusting. I wouldn't be surprised to see that on SportsCenter Top 10 uh, for a couple days coming up here, but I think Ryan O'Reilly had a really good game as well. I think he was... 16 or 17 of 24 from the face-off circle if I'm not mistaken somewhere right around there so his dominance from the face-off dot kind of continues the player that we've come to know and love but he also scored a goal and we talked about uh that a couple podcasts go as well as like has he scored this season I don't really know he had one goal on the season uh that we found out and we were like okay he needs to pick it up and kind of be a little bit more offensive minded and what does he do goes out and scores so um, all things considered, this team is really, you know, who else scored Mike Hoffman? So it really is yeah, like his just first, all... his first real goal of the year. Not saying the first one wasn't real, but it was a tip. It was a tip. Yeah. It's yeah. not, it's not the same for a sniper like him. And you talk about, holy dude, a snipe like that. I mean, that thing, it felt like it just rang around the entire net and flew right back out. Cause that thing hit with some power. Um, but he's got the monkey off his back as well. So I would not be surprised to see. Well, we did see it too, kind of that momentum kind of carried over to the power play and he ripped a couple one tees and I was like, oh, those are a lot closer to the net than I remember him shooting. But yeah, man, it really feels like this team is firing on all cylinders now and getting getting the right guys at the right time hot. Braden Shen, who's been the staple, one of the best players for this team all season long, uh, went with goose eggs tonight. I think he had two shots on goal. 71% from the faceoff though. Yeah, so fantastic in terms of possession and all that stuff, but he's kind of been that guy where you're expecting goals, assists, um, just because he's been 110% effort, uh, all of that energy, but it's it's fantastic for this team when you don't have to rely on Braden Shen, or even a guy like Jordan Cairo, who, I mean, to be fair, he did have two assists, but uh, when he's not scoring goals, uh, you need other guys to step up in his place, and the Blues did that last night. I think, you know, areas to highlight, like we've been talking about, is like a guy, Braden Shen, doesn't, not to say he doesn't step up tonight, but he isn't really there tonight in terms of the goal scoring that we've been expecting out of him these past few games. And what happens as a result, Mike Hoffman and Ryan O'Reilly step in and fill his place. Two guys that haven't really found the score sheet um, that efficiently that this year that really needed, have needed to step it up from in that aspect. Both did so uh, wonderfully and, and filled in the gap. And it, it, I think that speaks volumes as to why this team is going to have so much success this year. Just because they have, they always have that next minute mentality that we always talk about, and this game is no different. But anyways, we're talking about reliability and that next man up mentality. Now, if you need something reliable, I'm talking car parts. Uh, RockAuto.com has all the car parts you will ever need. With the ever increasing number of makes and models, it is now nearly impossible to solve all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. So why would you want to endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? You know, going to your local auto shop and having the local mechanics spew you a long fairy tale about why you need this part. And oh yeah, no, get the extended warranty, spend extra. You don't want to deal with that, especially during a pandemic. It's the last thing you want to do. But you have rockauto.com on computers at home and in your pocket on smartphones. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now to shop for auto and body parts. 
from hundreds of different manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your car or truck and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. We'll be right back with the second half of today's episode. Now, I think uh, in this segment of the show, at least we need to start it off by talking about a guy that I don't really think we've talked about a lot this season. He's really flown under the radar, um, hasn't gotten too much praise on the show, and his name is Jordan Kyrie. I don't know. Have you ever heard of him? <laughs> I think I've heard of him before, yeah. A little bit in passing. Um, this you know, unnamed player was, was talked about being, getting, getting you know, bumped off the team at the beginning of the year because we didn't have a place for him. Went out and had two assists tonight. Another multi-point game, continues to lead the team, continues to be point per game, continues to set the world on fire. Jordan Kyrie is the best player on this team. Yeah, there's no if and or buts about it. Jordan Kyrie is definitely one of, if not the most dynamic players on this team. But Braden Shen's quietly point per game uh, too right now, so I don't think that should go under the radar. And I, I know Jim Thomas asked him about not getting the credit as his line mates do, but uh, he's one of those quiet guys that kind of flies under the radar. He's not really going to bring it with the flashiness that a guy like Jordan Cairo does, but he does all the little things and especially the physicality. I mean, that goes a long way in and of itself. But back on to the topic of Jordan Cairo real fast. I love doing this after the games just to kind of see. It's almost like the stock market, right? Not to bring up GameStop or anything, but it's almost like watching stocks rise and fall and trends and all that stuff. So Jordan Cairo is currently sitting at 12 points uh, in the league right now. And Brock Besser also has 12 points, and he has eight goals on the season. Wow. Artemi Panarin also has 12 points. Johnny Goudreau has 11. Patrick Kane has 11. Patrice Bergeron has 11. Jack Eichel has 11. So Jordan Cairo is inserting his name next to a bunch of NHL superstars. So there's no reason to think, like how I brought that full circle, <laughs> that he I, will I, not I be... It an NHL superstar by the end of this season, especially if he stays on this pace. Yeah, I think uh, I think you should rephrase. A bunch of NHL superstars are finally inserting their name next to Jordan Kyrie. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. No, but in all seriousness, I mean, it's one of those things where to start the year, we were kind of like, oh, this is a nice, you know, flashy start. It'll, it'll be nice to sustain, get us some points at the beginning of the year, and then, you know, see when he inevitably cools down. But that doesn't seem like it's coming. You know, it's he's got 25 shots in the year. He's shooting 20%, so it's not even like he's shooting 45% and is just... Yeah, that's a sustainable clip for sure. Right, and and you watch the way he plays, it doesn't seem like he's just getting lucky. And, and In fact, you know, you could argue that he should have even more points than he has now just because he's mm-hmm. hit a couple posts, a uh, couple passes have hopped over his stick or been robbed a few times here and there so it, it really doesn't seem like when you watch him it doesn't seem like something that's unsustainable which i'm not saying it should be unsustainable but it's just such an astronomical difference from how he's looked in, in previous seasons it, it's insane i'm loving it um similar to i guess it, you know different aspect but justin falk has also looked so much better than he's looked in any season of his career this season so yeah. two guys that have been Probably the biggest difference makers for this team are having career years to start this season. Yeah, and I'm going to come back to that here in a second, but I just want to touch one more time back on the league standings for points. We talked about 
players getting hot and guys who we don't really expect to get hot uh, just having fantastic seasons. Uh, speaking of, Tyler Toffoli, uh, who Nine last goals. night, if you did not see that ridiculous goal, you need to go look it up right now because, oh my God. You talk about a man on fire. This guy is a just absolute phenom on this Montreal Canadiens team. And everyone is ranting and raving about how fantastic he's playing and the amount of offensive production he's bleeding. And, and rightfully so, because he's got highlights uh, a mile wide, right? Jordan Cairo has one less point than him on the season, to put that into perspective. Um, so back onto the topic of Justin Falk. You brought him up. Uh, I brought him up in the last podcast and how fantastic he's been playing. Obviously had a highlight real goal last night. I asked the question, is Justin Falk the Blues' number one defenseman? And I feel like I want to get your take on that question because, in my opinion, as it stands right now, he has to be. So I'm going to agree with you. Um, and, and the fact that he is leading the Blues in ice time only just made me more confident in that agreement. Um, yeah, it, like I just said, Justin Falk has had a career year, at least in the small sample. I mean, we say small sample size, but they're almost a quarter of the way through the season. Through the first 10 games, Justin Falk has had the best start to any season he's ever had. And that comes with what we've expected out of him offensively. Uh, but also in the defensive end, that was the, one of the biggest, his biggest critiques coming into St. Louis was that he wasn't going to be reliable in his own zone. And he's been more than reliable. He's been maybe their number one defenseman, like we've been saying. Uh, and the fact that he was able to score that highlight real goal tonight just further adds to that status. I mean, he's getting league-wide recognition now. He was trending on Twitter, getting penalty kill time, getting power play time. He's doing it all. Played 24 minutes tonight. Uh, only a couple of se- a couple of minutes behind Krug, but that's just because Krug, or a couple of seconds behind Krug, that's just because Krug was out there for six minutes of power play time. So, it, yeah, I, I mean, there's all the signs point to him at least for now being the Blues' number one defenseman, and that I don't think is any anything that anyone was expecting heading into this year. I think we all owe Justin Falk a big fat apology. We talked about it on the pod that he could be one of those needle players that kind of pushes this team towards a Stanley Cup because there was a lot to be desired right and his it just wasn't very impressive and a lot of people liked seeing him as a scapegoat and rightfully so because he wasn't finding the score sheet uh wasn't finding opponents in his own zone um all of those things but I think I I wouldn't say that Alex Petrangelo leaving was better for Justin Falk because anytime you lose a guy like Alex Petrangelo that's a massive loss for a team um and even though it opened up the doors for the Blues to acquire a lot of different guys I mean it's still one of the top tier defensemen in the league, but I do think it kind of uh, let Justin Falk realize that someone's going to have to step into that role. And he's like, Hey, why not me? You know? So, and then the, the goals start coming in the bubble um, beforehand. I think that gives him the confidence starting this season uh, to score as well. And then he scores two in the same game. And next thing you know, uh, he's off and running and the production is just even before that the production was there but I think the goal scoring really uh, gave him a little boost a little speed boost to his uh, to his race car track so um, I, I he's been nothing short of fantastic and I there's really no holes right now that I see in his play and I think Panger talked about his gap closure at the blue line and just standing firm every time guys are rearing in um, but I think it's good him lined up with Tory Krug as well because he he can play a little bit more aggressive because Tory Krug's got that such good skate speed uh, that if Justin Falk I think we even saw it last night Justin Falk stepped up maybe missed a hit or a poke check um, and Tory Krug went 
to the other side and took the player and uh, took away a breakaway. So saved a good scoring opportunity there. But Justin Falk can also play a little bit more freely. And I think that uh, is really what's been the key to uh, his game and why we've seen such an uptick in his production. Justin Falk is on an absolutely torrid pace. And, and you know, the only way you could go is up would be a definite, definite lock for uh uh, some pretty high point totals this year. Uh, but if you got anything else in mind, Tommy, or anyone listening that you think is an absolute lock, an absolute guarantee, and you want to put your money with your mouth is, there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and that is betonline.ag. Now, the Super Bowl is coming up this weekend. Hockey is in full swing. There are games all the time. NBA basketball also in full swing. Along with college basketball, there are more sports than we know what to do with right now. Um, and there's only one place that has you covered for all your sports betting needs, and that is betonline.ag. Football season's almost over. Hockey season, like we said, we're almost a quarter of the way through. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use that promo code Locked On. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus along with your first deposit. That's literally free money in your pocket along with that money that you're going to be pulling in once you make those genius bets that we know you have cooking up. Uh, so definitely check them out. BetOnline.ag and that promo code locked on will get you a 50% welcome bonus along with your first deposit. So definitely check them out. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And we'll be right back with the end of today's episode. One final segment of the episode, where would you like to take it? Let's talk about the Arizona Coyotes and kind of what we saw in that team since we'll be facing them Thursday night, like we said, in the reverse retros, uh, which, first of all, just a matchup right there of the Arizona Coyotes reverse retros versus the St. Louis Blues reverse retros. That's got to be, I mean, two top five reverse retros uh, coming in hot. That You talk about a jersey matchup, that's got to be one to watch for the rest of the league, too. Um, I think the first thing that I would notice about the Arizona Coyotes is for the first time, I think, in a long time playing against the Coyotes, I was threatened by their offense. I think that's been their biggest hindrance for the longest time is they've had really good goaltending. They've had some pretty good def- defensive cores, but they have never been able to put, put the puck in the net um, no matter how hard they tried. They even had Taylor Hall last year and just couldn't really put it together even with him. But this year, I feel like they... They look dynamic on offense. I don't know. I mean, you know, Coyotes fans listening, or maybe we'll have to ask uh, the host of Lockdown Coyotes. I don't know if it's a seasonal trend or just tonight, but they look dynamic and a little a little scary on offense at times. They look like they were really putting some plays together. Christian Dvorak looks really, really good. Phil Kessel still looks pretty good. Uh, their defense was making plays happen. So definitely a lot scarier of an offense out of Arizona than in years past. Uh, at the beginning of the game, Panger and company were saying that they thought it was going to be a tight checking battle and not high scoring. I disagreed at the beginning of the game, and I absolutely disagree moving forward. I think Arizona has a pretty open style of offense, at least more than years past, similar to how the Blues are opening up their offense a little bit more. Uh, So I think it's going to be a little bit, not a high scoring game, but another similar style open game. There were 64 combined shots in tonight's game. I expect to see a similar um, trend in the next one. And I think it could go either way. This one ended 4-3. I think, I think it's going to be another really close, tight battle. These two teams match up really well, and we're gonna, it's going to be some, some fun games down the road. 
Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. And I agree entirely with you on Dvorak because that's that's essentially why I brought up this topic was because it felt like Dvorak was kind of skating through us all night long. Even when the Blues kind of decided halfway through the first period, uh, probably by a little bit, a little push um, from Craig Berube on the bench, getting yelled at is never fun. Um, but I think they brought the physicality a little bit more after that. We're playing much harder. But I don't know if the Coyotes were ready for that physicality. It seemed like they were kind of taken off uh, off guard by the Blues bringing that physicality because they were so prepared probably for Jordan Cairo, Jaden Schwartz, and Braden Shen to just give them nightmares all night long, right? Um, so when the Blues were kind of playing that more open ice, free skating kind of style that you were alluding to, Josh, I feel like the Coyotes were better off for it. And that's why we saw the first 10 minutes go the way that they did. But when the Blues like I said, brought the physicality, I think that changed the entire dynamic of the game and the Coyotes could not adapt. So if the Blues uh, bring that physicality again next game uh, and it and it stays high scoring like you're talking about, it, we could be looking at a bloodbath again. I'm not really sure where they're going to go in goalie as well because Ranta's pretty good as well. And both of their numbers are solid against the Blues. Clayton Keller's numbers are solid against the Blues. I don't think he found the score sheet uh, last night, but You'd still got to keep an eye on him for tomorrow night, but definitely lock down Dvorak because he seems like head and shoulders above the rest of the players right now. And Phil Kessel's consistently fine in the back of the net as well. So those two players, if you lock them down, I feel like the Blues will be fine. Sort of one final note before we wrap this one up. Uh, you, you talked about how the Blues played a little bit of a combination of an open, fast-paced style game and a physical game. And I think that could be an absolutely deadly 1-2 combination. Um, for the rest of the season in whatever order they use them, you know, say, say you're playing a physical team like Boston, or, I mean, this is obviously not going to because of the divisions, but whatever playoffs are moving on. Let's say you're playing a really physical based team like Vegas and you spend the first, first chunk of the game wearing them down, playing your physical style. And then when they get tired or when you get a long, you know, possession in your offensive zone, like similar to that, I think that was the fault goal where they just possess the puck for like two straight minutes. You wear the other team down, and then all of a sudden you break out that explosive offense and Justin Falk or Jordan Cairo or whatever scores a highlight real goal after you've worked your ass off grinding out in the corner for the last two minutes. Or you could do it in the reverse order, and the Blues can spend the first 10 minutes or whatever using their speed and their skill to get a couple quick goals or wear the other team down, draw a penalty, whatever, and then spend the rest of the game absolutely grinding them down and not allowing a single opportunity after they get a lead. So it's a really, really good sort of combination of styles to have for St. Louis. I'm really excited to see how they utilize it moving forward. And that's kind of what we talked about at the beginning of the season, how like this team was slowly making a transition to one that's kind of more speed-based, and I think Jordan Cairo is the president of that fan club, you know, uh, just because even when he goes out there and plays a physical style of hockey and a defensive, almost of a defensive-minded style of hockey, every time he gets that puck on his stick, it turns into a fast-paced, wide-open lane of ice, regardless of how many people are in front of him, so that's going to be fun to watch moving forward. I can't wait to see what happens. I know you can't wait to see what happens, and we will see what happens on Thursday night when the Blues take on the Arizona Coyotes again at 7 o'clock, I believe, but I think that's all the time we have for today's episode, so thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and now Facebook at Locked On Blues. You can follow my personal Twitter at 12 15 You can follow Josh's personal Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on. But as always, 
Let's go Blues.